in today's Conquering Codependency, God's Way, what does the Bible say about narcissism? Part two. Ready? Let's do this. Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries. And if this is your first time on our YouTube channel or listening to our podcast, I want to give you a big welcome. You are coming in uh, at a great time. We've been working through a series on narcissism. I'm extremely passionate about bringing awareness to this personality type because of my ex own personal experience of God breaking me free from codependency so that I could live in God dependency and to put him first. You know, awareness of narcissism is so important when we are believers because God gave us our free will so that we could put him first. And a narcissist wants to be worshipped, right? And God is the only one who has that place inside of our life. And, you know, I am not a licensed therapist. I don't have a theologian degree, but God broke me free from people dependency through God dependency and the power of his living word. And so I like to teach in my podcast and my YouTube channel principles that God taught me. And today I'm going to be bringing to you uh, part two of a teaching message um, on narcissism. Now, last week we started out with part one uh, uh, and we learned that the enemy works through our flesh. He tells us lies. Um, he attacks us. He tempts us. The world system sees in, but he also does work through people. And that because a narcissist has doesn't have the ability to self-reflect or to have a contrite or repentant heart, the narcissist is a prime target for the enemy to work through. And that God wants us to be wise and discerning and that awareness is key. But what happens if you find yourself inside of a situation uh, where you are being attacked by a narcissist or you're in a relationship with a narcissist, how can you break free? Today, I'm going to be showing you how to stand in God's power to deal with this toxic personality way. You know something, um, when we are in situations with narcissists, we can falsely believe uh, that people have more power than God. And if you try to do battle with a narcissist in your own strength, then they can prevail. But we have access to God's power. And in today's video, I'm going to be showing you how to stand in his power so that you can remain free to put God first. Today's teaching message is part two uh, of a part of a Bible study, a Treasure Tribe Bible study that I did called Godfidence. And you can gain access to all these Bible studies uh, by visiting www.treasuredtribe.com. And 
the passage that I'm teaching on is inside the book of Exodus. When the Israelites had left Egypt and they were going through the wilderness, they became attacked by the Amaleks on their way to the promised land. And you know, the enemy does not want you to prevail in your promised land purpose. And he will use whatever he can to derail you. But as we're going to see today, that when we stand in God's power, there is no opposition that comes against us that the Almighty and his armor can't handle. Take a listen. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Today I want to talk to you about tapping into godly girl power to give you confidence to deal with toxic people God's way. How do we do that? How do we do that? Godly girl power is what gives us confidence and discernment and direction to deal with people God's way. All right. So the first thing about this, the first thing about tapping into um, godly girl power is awareness. It is awareness through actions, through advocacy, through acceptance of truth that people can be pawns in the enemy's hands. All right, so the first thing is pretty much everything that I've been talking about is that you and I need to accept the truth that it's a biblical fact that the enemy can work through people, number one. Number two is advocacy. In other words, if the Holy Spirit is giving you discernment, you need to listen to it. And the last thing about how we have awareness is awareness through actions. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus says that we can identify people by, what does the verse say? The, their actions, okay? And so Jesus didn't say you can identify them with by what they're telling you, um, or all those sorts of things. No, it is by their actions. And so through actions, we can identify what kind of person that is. And is this person going to be an easy threshold um, for the enemy? Now, um, a narcissistic personality provides the perfect pawn for the enemy to work through to oppose God's goals for you. And inside of your workplace, inside of a ministry you're involved in, inside of close relationships with a family person, it could be with a husband even, narcissism exists. Characteristic traits of narcissists. And ironically, many of them can be seen in the Amalek. All right, so I want to share those with you. And the reason why I want to share those with you is so that you can be aware. In business relationships, in friendships, you got to watch out for these people. You've got uh, to be aware. Um, and, and that God calls us to love everybody, but who we become yoked with, we need to be careful about, okay? All right, so the first characteristic, and we do see this in there, is that they are godless. They live for this 
world. And uh, we saw that inside of that scripture in Hebrews um, about Esau. Certainly the Amaleks were not living for God. And I want to be clear about something. There are a lot of people that can look like they're living for God, but on the inside, uh, they're really not. Listen to 2 Timothy 3, 5, and 6. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They're the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Now, the part that I want you to see about that scripture is it says they act religious, but they reject the power that could make them godly. Okay? So, and then it says stay away from people like that. Okay? So people can look like, right? They can be the sheep in wolf's clothing. They can look like they are holy and all that. They could be on the elder board. They could be like the biggest givers inside of the church. They could look religious, but perhaps not, okay? So it's not just this person doesn't go to church. It's really discerning um, those actions. So that's the first thing um, is that they're, they're godless. The second thing um, is that they have a lack of, of uh, reflection and repentance. Um, and so we see inside of this um, scripture this week that the Amaleks, they just came in and they attacked Israel. In fact, they attacked them from their weakest part because they came in behind them. Um, that's where the locations of the, the cities were, where they came from and so forth. And so they didn't care. They didn't care about the Israelites. They just went and they attacked them. They, attacked them. they lacked um, reflection. Uh, and then we see this with Esau's life, that he, you know, did not own his part of the fact that he sold out his birthright. Um, and let's go back to that scripture in 2 Timothy. It says they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Well, you know what power makes us godly? The Holy Spirit. And part of that is conviction, is repentance, is being able to say, Lord, I was wrong. I need help in this area and pressing in. A narcissist does not have the ability. Um, they lack reflection. The next thing is uh, that they have no empathy. Now, I read um, something in one of the commentaries that said that the Amaleks actually killed for pleasure. So people that are narcissists, they really do not care what other people think about them. They have no empathy. In fact, I've had some people admit that to me. Like, I do not have empathy, and I really need to work on that. Those people you need to watch out for. The next thing is that they have a sense of entitlement. They have a sense of entitlement. Now we see here um, that Esau thought that he was entitled to uh, the blessings because he was the firstborn son. Never once did he own the fact that he sold that birthright. Even though he made that choice, he felt entitled. They will feel entitled to everything that everybody else has. 
The next thing is, is that um, they attack strategically. They attack strategically. Um, and inside of my William Worsbury commentary, he talked about how that when the Amaleks attacked, that they attacked them from behind, which is the weakest place of, of the army. And so a narcissist will know your weaknesses and they will attack there. Um, Dr. Carrie McAvoy also told me that initially what a narcissist will do to be strategic is they will do something called mirroring. And she said that this is, that they will tell you everything that you wanna hear, that the things that you think important, they will say are important to them, right? And so in my situation, um, that person initially, I'll help you, I'll do this, I'll, you know, whatever, that is a way that they strategically um, can attack. And the last thing that I wanna tell you about uh, what I learned from Dr. Carrie McAvoy is that um, they have actually discovered through science that um, narcissists are actually, it's genetic. It's genetic inside of their life. In other words, it's passed down generation to generation, okay? And so when we see that, we see that Esau started it, but that from generation to generation, that the Amaleks, were against um, the, the Israelites. Um, and so another thing that we can do is take a look at, at the parents um, and the family and see what might exist there. Okay, so um, we need to be aware. Now, this doesn't mean that we all of a sudden do not trust anybody, right? It means that we, we trust God um, above all. Okay, um, the, so... Awareness, awareness through actions, advocacy, and acceptance of the truth that people can be pawns. Number two is that we ask God for a battle plan and we act on the battle plan. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men and go out um, and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I'll stand at the top of the hill holding my staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the battle of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. We know that Moses was continually seeking God. Uh, and so you and I, um, in order to be wise, in order to do it God's way, we need to ask him for a battle plan. And then we need to act on that battle plan. Do you see where it says Joshua did what Moses had commanded him? You know, we need to do what God uh, tells us to do and not be afraid to act and not fall to that nice girl badge and just really press into God. And I promise you, if you will pause and stop trying to manage um, a narcissist or use your reasoning on how you should handle this person, literally pull away for a day, get alone with God and say, God, give me a battle plan. He will do it. And then it's going to be time um, for you to act. And all of God's plans, everything that God prompts us to do, they will rest with his armor and in his power. Now, that staff that Moses held, that was representative of God's power. 
And we see here, right, that he was, he was operating in God's power, right? And so when we ask God for a battle plan, when we listen to God, and then we take those steps, we are acting um, in accordance with the Holy Spirit. The third thing is to take your authority through prayer. Um, it says that as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage, but whenever he dropped his hand, the Amaleks gained the advantage. Now that, most theologians will say, is a picture of prayer. Like hands raised are a picture of prayer. Let me tell you something. There is so much power in prayer. And um, the prayer is very powerful. And inside the prayer, one of the things that you do is you take your authority and you become very aware that you are praying against principalities and power. So number three is take your authority um, in prayer and that prayer is powerful. Number four is accept help from elephant friends. We saw inside this week um, that Moses' arms became tired and so Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on and then they stood beside him holding up his hands. And they held his hands steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And so we see, we see that Moses was doing his part to wear that armor of God in prayer, but that he became weary and tired and that God sent him these two friends beside him. Now, the reason why I call them elephant friends, and if you've done the 21 day challenge, you've heard this story, uh, is that elephants in the wild like if somebody if if an elephant gets hurt the elephant is so heavy right that the only way it can heal is if two elephants come on either side of it to hold it up that is the picture of elephant friends and let me tell you something some when you are fighting an enemy like this right where there is spiritual warfare going on you cannot battle it alone you got to get your elephant friends on the other side of you, beside you to hold you in prayer. And part of that is that you need to accept help from elephant friends. You know what? This is not the time for you to play Lone Ranger. This is the time for you to reach out to friends and say, I need your help. And here's the thing that I saw God doing when I went through that awful time is that he sent me elephant friends that would reach out to me, okay? And, you know, there's a self-reliance in us or there's a part of us that feels bad or we don't want to burden other people. Um, but you know what? It's not the time to be self-reliant. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to be so prideful to say, you know what, I don't want to bother people with this. I don't need anybody else. Pride is his calling card to take you out. And he would love nothing more for you to be isolated. We need to accept help from our elephant friends and also the way that it works inside of God's kingdom is that not only do we need to accept help, 
Um, but we also need to be the ones to give that godly help, right? To, to invest. We can't just be inside of community and expecting to receive all the time. We also need to be there uh, to invest as well. Um, and then the next thing is, is to adore God, to help you remember, friend, that you are never powerless. Now, here's the thing. The Amaleks, they were scary dudes. They had a scary reputation. And narcissists can be extremely scary. They are calculating, make no mistake about it. They, are, they will do things that are crazy. And when those things happen, when people like narcissists, and let me tell you something, they get away with it. They get away with it because the power that they're standing in is worldly power. So a lot of times they look flashy. A lot of times they have qualities that the world loves. Lots of money um, uh, uh, or, or, or maybe a title position inside of church. All that sort of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so, so that's the power that they're standing in. And because of that, a lot of times they get away with what they're doing. But you know what? They get away with what they're doing. And because of that, you might become fearful like I was. You know, when I started seeing all those warning signs, I knew I needed to get out, but I was so afraid to do so because this is going to happen and that is going to happen. And let me tell you something, this and that did happen. It got extremely messy. But you know what? God prevailed in the end. And everything that I lost inside of that journey, I now look back and see as gaining. Do you know what I'm saying? So when you walk with God, when you are his child, there is no enemy that you face that he is not a match for. And again, we want to remember that the person is not the real enemy. The enemy is the real enemy. And the enemy can be scary. The enemy is evil. The enemy could care less about you. And look at all the stuff that he's got going on, the evil inside of this world. He is an evil dude. And what he wants is to oppose everything that God wants for you. But listen to these scriptures. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Let me tell you something. Our Egypt experience will teach us this lie. People have more power than God. Our Egypt experience will teach us this lie that people have more power than God. When you walk through abuse, it is only natural for you to feel that way. Why did this happen, right? But you need to understand that there is a villain that hates you and it is not God. It is the enemy of your soul. And everything, 
every attack from a person that took and robbed you of God's purposes for you, God wants to restore inside of your life. And a person may have taken something from you, but they will not get the final victory. You know what? <laughs> you cannot attack God's people and get away with it. He cares greatly for his children and all the atrocities that have happened against you. Listen to this scripture. It says this, after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war against the Amalek generation after generation. Let me tell you something on your own. You can feel powerless up against that narcissist. It can be very scary, but make no mistake about it. The Lord is your banner. And while you are a child of God, you have confidence to face anybody and prevail when you do it God's way and stand inside of his power. Now, the Lord is my banner. Most theologians believe that that probably came from their experience inside of Egypt where they would raise banners um, before a battle that would uh, denote like who, who they were a part of um, and see, see God is leading us inside of battle many times, especially uh, inside of the book of Daniel. God is referred to as the Lord of the heavens armies. And do you see that friends that he is going before you? And I know you see that scary narcissist before you, but God, God is your banner. And when we adore him, when we worship him, it reminds us of what we can't see. That while there is an enemy before us that we can see with our physical eyes, we can see with the eyes of faith that God is bigger. God is more powerful. God is stronger. You are never powerless. You are not powerless inside of this situation that you're in. God is your banner and he goes before you. And not only that, <laughs> but God has your back. Can you imagine Joshua just fighting the war out there and maybe thinking, oh my goodness, what is going on? I wonder if he ever looked back on that hill and saw Moses with his hands raised and knew that somebody had his back. When you were fighting a toxic person, that is trying to take you out, the Lord not only is your banner, Jesus Christ, the Lion of Judah, is behind you. And the Bible says that he lives to intercede for you. The Lion of Judah has your back. And with the Lord of the heavens armies before you, and with the Lion of Judah behind you, 
and with a tribe beside you, there is nothing that you face today that you cannot get through. Who is attacking you? Has the enemy put a person in your pathway that is in opposition to your restoration? Whom are you afraid of? Because they always, always get away with everything. We are never to fear people more than God. And I'm here to tell you today, they may look powerful, but they are not more powerful than your God. Become aware. Take your authority. Stand under his power and remember that with God as your banner and the line of Judah at your back and the treasure tribe by your side, you can handle people God's way and prevail in your promised land purpose. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Hey, thanks so much for listening in today. And if you missed out on part one of this video, and you want to listen to that, I've put the links down below. Please share today's video with any woman that you know who might be helped by this teaching message. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye.